need money to burn. If you not fam, you are not my concern. If you think we not the best, you must be smoking sherm. New crack era, spread like germs. Hustle gangsta vibes when you listen to my songs. These little niggas will lead you wrong. Grown man B.I. put down on the dawn. Never get excited. I remain calm and put my best foot first when I'm dropping bombs. The full fifth will wake you up like an alarm. Me and Lil Bruh keep the streets involved. Screaming fuck the police and they laws. I come prepared. Wasn't born with flaws. I can take it there. Real niggas involved. I'm like a stop sign. Put you boys on pause and I will die a legend. No matter the cause. That was New Crack Era off Black Jesus' new album, Flower City Street Bible, produced entirely by Edo. Welcome to episode 67 of We Going and Presents, where I'm joined by Black Jeez. In this interview, we talk about what the lockdown's been like in Rochester, working on Flower City Street Bible with Edo, and how they got their start working together over 20 years ago. We also talk about his relationship with 38 Spech, how his past influences his music, what's coming up, his creative process, and much more. After the interview, hit up the links all on wegoingin.com. So Black Jeez, I really appreciate you you know, being able to jump on the podcast, especially with how crazy things have been going lately. So up in Rochester, what's the coronavirus lockdown been like up there? Oh, uh, well, it's been kind of crazy. A couple people done died over here. And um, they got a lot of people in the hospital. They got everybody staying in the house right now. But you know how people is. They still running around. And especially when you think about, like, People actually dying in Rochester, you'd think that might curb people's activity. Right. You would think. <laughs> That's crazy. You so know. what's it been like for you in terms of like being home, um, you know, trying to promote the, the album, but also like just trying to, you know, manage the day to day? Well, everything's been going pretty smooth for me because I've just been using a lot of social media and getting the word out, you know, promoting the album and things of that nature. But um far as like the tour and things like that, a lot of stuff like that is put on hold. But inside everything, you know, just got to keep it moving and work social media pretty much. Definitely. Do you feel like in this age that social media can be a really good replacement in terms of like making the rounds to radio or getting into New York city and doing like a round of press with different media outlets that are based in New York or getting out to California. Like can social media replace that? Um, I believe social media can replace that and a, a lot of other things as well, because it's like, you know, back in the days you had to, uh, actually be in front of people, had to, like, pull up to the labels and things of that nature. But now, you know, you could push a button. You can uh, send a guy a, a record across country off a push of a button. Or before, it would take a couple of days or, you know, um, technology has grown uh, tremendously, and it, and it really helps everything. You don't have to really be uh really in people's face like to get your point across you can you know if they open up the email hey, there it is 
No doubt. And what what do you feel like as far as being engaging on social media? You know, the the game is is changing all the time, and and more and more artists now are even leaving or not emphasizing like blogs and websites like that and really focus on social media what's the key to being engaging and building a following on social media whether it's um, snapchat or tiktok or instagram twitter how do you or facebook what's the what's the secret well i think as long as you, you you're active and you're a person that's always working when your work mode will really show off who, who you are and that's going to make people follow you if you a uh, guy who's not too active and you know and you're not really putting things out there for the people to either listen to or take or you're not taking pictures you know as far as instagram goes and you know you really have to be active if you're not active you know that slows you, you're not going to get a, a nice following no doubt and you know you look at flower city street bible the new album produced by ito um it's a great project that's been out for a few weeks now. Are you happy with the response you've been getting from fans so far? Absolutely. I, I love it. You know, um, me and Lil Ito, we've been working together since kids. And, you know, um, we've been making good music. A lot of people now are just now getting tuned on maybe like the last, you know, couple years of, of that nature. But, you know, we've been doing it for a while. So far as the, as the, uh, the feedback we're getting from it is, is, is excellent. You know, they're spending it all on the um, radio stations and it, it, it's moving pretty good. That's great. And how did you and Ito first meet? Like, you know, back in the day, how did you guys first become friends? Well, we both it started off, we, um, we both was into the same type of business with our music. And um, he was doing beats as a, in a at an early age and so i was do projects and then me and him just had a, a clear understanding and we just had chemistry and i went to him and said hey man you know i want we want to do something over your beats or whatever he said hey, come on over to the house and then ever since then it's just been a connection you know we've been been together man 25 years that's amazing. You guys must have a huge archive of, of music there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got lots of music, music that people never even heard. Like, but it's going, that old music is going to come to surface also. And if you're looking at 25 years ago, you were both really young at that point. At what point did you realize that you wanted to make music as not just expression, but maybe also as a career? At a very, very young age, because we was like um, ahead of our time. And, you know, we was going around, we was doing shows in different cities as as teenagers. You know, we was 17, 18 years old traveling around, you know, like uh, independently and stuff like that. Because we never got into a major label or anything like that. It was all independent and we was doing a lot of this stuff ourselves by support of different people in the neighborhood and things of that nature. So, you know, we've been doing it doing it for a very long time. That's amazing. How do you think the sound has evolved over the years? Well, um, 
I'm happy that real hip hop boom bap music is is coming back back alive now. It evolved because at one point it was music I really didn't wasn't really listening to that newer music as far as like the the mumble rappers and uh, these guys dressing funny and crazy. I I really didn't get into too much of that because it really wasn't a message uh, behind that music. I, I called it, I, uh, guys joke with me, I called it, I said, that yeah, that's junkie music. And the reason I said that is because if you wasn't high or drunk or something like that, I, you wouldn't be able to vibe to it. Me, I wouldn't be able to vibe to it anyway. I'm going to speak for myself. But I called it junkie music. I didn't really, I don't knock with the, the guys, the art that they do. It just wasn't my kind of music. Mm. And so when you look at how do you feel like you found your sound and then really not just found your style, but then like continued to refine and improve upon your style? I think with me, when I come, when I do my, when I write or I hear a beat or everything comes directly from the heart with me, I don't animate my music or try to keep up with the trends or what everybody else might think sound good. I just keep it all the way around official with what I like and and then whoever else grab it, gravitates to it, that's cool as well. But I like to just keep it keep it natural, pure, the art form of, of the music. I'm I'm heavy into the to the art because hip hop is mainly from the art and that's some of the things that got took away from hip hop and that's some of the stuff that's coming back now when I've talked to a lot of different artists like thinking back you know a couple weeks ago I spoke to Graf and he said he's like feeling more motivated now than ever because he feels like bars are back and he said he feels like the kind of music he does is has cycled back to being um, respected again and that seems to be really rejuvenating him. I mean, do you feel a similar way? Absolutely, because like I said before, it, it was hard to really get into the newer music once it started uh, changing. It was hard to really get into it. It really didn't give me um, the the vibe that I was I was looking for. I'm not going to say all all of it, but the majority of it didn't really give me that feel. We didn't really have that vibe or gender of music that really moved like, you know, rocking the crowd and, you know, without all of these this extra um, effects on your voice and, and, you know, stuff of that nature. You know, this is real, real hip-hop when it's raw. You know, back to, you can just put put a D-box and, and the guy go to, naturally need to spit from the heart that kind of music and i think raw is a great way to describe flower city street bible and you know what what you did here you know thinking about like a song like um holy water it's super autobiographical and you even got with 38 special you've worked with in the past as well you know what's it like making a song like holy water um man it's like the title alone is like holy water. You would look at that and say, "Well, holy water. This has to be some some real liquid potion that 
we are cooking up here. And then it's like, once again, when when you come in and you speak the truth and you're speaking from the heart, uh, your music always going to reflect the person that you are or things that you have witnessed or, or been through in your life. It, that all comes out in your music when you're, when you're rapping real, real things and real live events. No doubt. So how do you how do you decide like what you're going to include and what you're what you're going to keep more private from the listener? Well, and to be honest with you, my my life is is an open book, and um, if I decide that uh, I'm just going to put something out there, whether it might rub some people the wrong way or not. I'm going to still move forward with it because I believe the people need to hear this realness besides, you know, because a lot of guys put uh, the music out where they feel like, okay, well, this might be justable for the people or this might not be. I I just put the music out and, and let the people be the judge of it or how they feel, whether it's good feedback or bad feedback is all right with me because it's going out and this is how I felt at that time when I created it. No doubt. And on New Crack Era, you say, I will die a legend no matter the cause. I mean, that's a pretty ill mind state that you're able to describe there. Like, where do lines like that come from? That come from my, my past history on, you know, who I am, like if I died today, it, I, I still would be a legend regardless of what, from what I have done in, in hip hop and um, what I have done in my own personal life as well. And it's like, you know, I'm, I would die a legend regardless. And, you know, and people will understand that while I'm, while I'm still here living or when I'm gone, it's, it's not going to stop because the music never dies. And when you think about that too, I mean, is was that part of the reasoning too for for naming the album Flower City Street Bible? Because, um, like you've addressed, you know, in the music, like naming the album Street Bible carries a pretty heavy weight to it as well. Right, right, absolutely, because it's more holy with spiritual and with things that I have been through and have accomplished. And once again, like from where where I came from, you know, I came I came through a lot. Like I um I did a uh, I was convicted of a life dead, and I came out, and you know, this is a living testimony of the things that I went through, and I'm still here, you know, standing tall and and getting to it. You know what I mean? And how much does that weigh on you when you think about like? goals and, and family and music and everything you want to accomplish in life, both in music and outside of music, how much does that past experience and what you were facing, um, you know, serve as a reminder to you? I think it's, it's strong. It, it uh, serves a great reminder and it shows me to never forget where you've been or where you came from. And it, it keeps you motivated because, you know, in my opinion, God don't make any mistakes when, you know, because I feel that everybody's life is written. And until you fulfill the prophecy of what God created for you, you're still going to be here. And I feel like 
the people, us that still living, you know, we haven't fulfilled that prophecy of what was written for us. So this is why we still have work to put in. And, you know, once your, once your work is done, I, in my own beliefs, I feel like that's when it's time for you to sign out and you can go on and perish and, and you live through your music and different things of that nature. No doubt. And so when you think about what your goals are for music, you know, what do you want to accomplish and what, what's kind of that your priorities um, with the with the music and the art you're making? Well, um, I really I look first and foremost, I love music and no matter where it takes me in life, whether I be uh, super famous or you know, rich as I can be or anything, no matter what, I'm still going to do music regardless of the outcome because this is something that I love to do and I've been doing this since a kid. I love the to, to create. I love to listen to a finished product. Like, I, I, I just love it. Like, that's just a high that I can't, I just can't shake that high. And, and then once I'm on the stage and I'm performing, it's like a whole nother, whole nother feeling. So I just, as long as I could hear my song created and, and go on, you know, and be able to, of course, be able to take care of my family in the process, you know, is is a, is a beautiful thing. No doubt. And so when you look at um, also working with Ido on this and the production, did you give him a, a specific sound or do you feel like he knows you so well he kind of already knew what sounds to give you and that going through beats and getting the right sound wasn't an issue? Yeah, that, that wasn't an issue because we've been doing music so long and Ito is good with realizing the guy's sound and he can make that specific beat for you because it's like he can he knows your your style you know what i mean so that's the same thing with uh 38 special like these two guys i've been working with a very long time and they know my style so it's nothing for me to create a beat i will mean uh, uh an album with these guys because they know my style that's awesome and, you know, I was going to ask you, too, about working with 38 Special, you know, looking at concrete struggles. Um, what's the difference, really, going with 38 Special versus Ito when you look at, like, being in the studio with them? How do, how, how do they differ? Um, they both got similar type similarities as far as the beak selection because, you know, they we, we all are brothers, like 38 uh special he's he's my cousin and Etho is like a brother to me so we like all family and when like they all we all have like the same kind of kind of work mode like these guys exchange ideas with each other when it comes to creating a beat or something like that they share ideas hey what you think about this or you know uh 38 my son Etho um, some samples and or Etho or turn around and send thirty eight samples. So they, you know, it's the chemistry with all of us that is is pretty much it's not really a, a big difference um, working with with these guys. They both got the same kind of work mode. That's awesome, and you know when you look at like 
putting out Concrete Struggles and, and your strong discography, do you feel like records like, you know, Flower City Street Bible encourage fans to go back and if they if they might have missed your other releases, go back and like catch up and really figure out who Black Jesus is and get a whole, you know, hear your whole range and what you can do? Absolutely. I, because I um I feel real good about Flower City Street Bible and um I definitely believe this is an album to if they didn't catch Concrete Struggles uh one and two, this would make them go back and uh definitely listen and pick up on that as well, you know. And there's a few more albums out there that uh people didn't really catch on to as well. Keep I got a uh Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, man. That's one of the challenges of doing phone interviews. No, it's cool, man. I um, got the resurrection. That's out there as as well, and that's a, a definitely an album to look at too. Also, do you feel like you have a favorite album? Hmm. Not. Uh... Not really, because I could take a couple songs from each album and it's like, I just love this song, love this song, and I could do that with all the albums. So I can't really say a, a favorite album. And plus, I'm still, I'm still working and I'm still hungry. So it's like every day I'm, I'm creating. Like right now, Flower uh, City Street Bible is uh, chapter two is maybe like 75% done already. That's awesome. You know? That's great. So what, so what's the release looking like for there? Like, like how, how much are you trying to release in 2020? Uh, I definitely, uh, the people could definitely look for at least three to four maybe five solid projects because this that's just how I work, but definitely three or four projects coming in. That's awesome. You know, when you think about that consistency, how important is it to not have too much time between projects, but also finding that right balance of letting like Flower City Street Bible breathe before you drop something else and this album all of a sudden becomes old? Um, I think when you when you spit in real music, it 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 never goes old. And and when you're in a work mode, like the kind of work mode that I have, you know, if not, I would have a whole lot of music just sitting here unreleased. And I feel like the people need to hear this. And I feel like when it's done, just let it go to the people because this is what hip hop is missing, and this is what hip hop needs for sure and you look at the sound that you're bringing and that other artists from rochester are bringing right now um what is it about rochester that's just been like create you know so many great projects and artists coming from rochester um i will have to say that rochester we have our own sound we're more Western New York. So it's, we have a 
a sound and a lingo that's that's different from anybody in the world. And like I said, people, we've been doing this now. People just now really uh, putting the light here to realize, like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, these guys really got some good stuff going here. So, yeah, I, I, would, have, I would have to say that. Uh, um, our sound is, is definitely different. Um, our way of living is a little different also. You know, everywhere, every city and every country have some type of similarities, but we have our own distinctive distinctive sound and our word lingo is a little different also. For sure. How so? As far as like um um well when it comes comes to me, I I have like a, a bassier bassier voice like we say, you know, we call Rochester Glochester, you know, um, stuff like that. A lot of our family was more or less from down, like, South Carolina, Florida, descendants, a lot of that type of stuff. And, you know, it's like down there, you know, they, they, they speak different, they eat a little different, you know, as uh, fast-speaking too much. Then we have the mixture of being here in New York too, so it's like a there's a mixture of both, and it created a sound that that's amazing. It also seems to me like just from talking to Ito a lot that it's a pretty supportive scene up there, and that there's a lot of folks pulling for each other. And it, overall, I mean, just looking at the collaborations, it seems like it's a supportive scene. Absolutely. Um, I would like to, you know, support anybody that's uh, for the movement and, and, you know, not selfish for their own game, but for for the movement. I have no problem working with anybody that's, you know, that's for, that's for the movement and, and especially guys who've been doing it for a very long time. And, and, you know, this is like the just do for guys like us that's been doing it. Do you feel it too? You know, like everybody's getting that just dude right now, or are there are there dudes coming up um, that aren't getting that just dude that that we should be paying attention to? I think everybody pretty much has been on top of the uh, game has been um, a just. I will I will say that because consistency, like what we spoke about before, consistency and keeping it keeping it going. Is is always going to be a life person that's uh, uh, that's working, but the guy who's not active, you know, is like, hey, what, what could we do? We can't support you if you ain't you don't have no material, and you you know, we might hear from you every once in a while. You know, how could you support something like that? You know, when when we're we're the ones on the forefront, and we're constantly constantly putting out material and constantly pushing the door open for guys who, who later on can come behind us and, and still be successful off of this. For sure. And so when you think about that, how do you rep New Crack Era today? Like when you work with Ito, you know, are, are you looking at like, do you represent New Crack Era or are you, are you, do you have your own label and movement that you're doing um, 
Well, how does that work? Well, I, my, my, my label is DGS, which stands for the Don't Be a Shot Gang. That's, that's my label. But um, I'm representing anything that little Ito hand is involved with. I'm going to help him do whatever. It, it, it doesn't matter. So, And then the trust gang, I'm representing the trust gang as well with anything that 38 Fresh got going on. And it's like we one one big family, and wherever my help is needed, I'm not gonna hesitate to to be there for these guys. That that's awesome. And can you tell us, you know, just let us in, like what that writing process is like for you, and how your songs come together? Um, uh, it comes in different forms. Because sometimes I will already have an idea of what I want to go with. But then sometime I will hear the beat and then that'll take me somewhere or my my day-to-day actions. You know, maybe I could wake up and, you know, work out and then, bam, I have a thought that comes to me. And then the whole creating process just starts from there. And then sometime I just will write, write music with no beat, no nothing. Something could just come to me. I could just come outside and look at something or just stand there and just get a whole vision of where I want to go with it. Or, or sometimes too, my um, past or things that I have been through, I can always throw that in the form as well to express myself in a, uh, in a proper manner also. Do you feel like you do the best writing in the studio or outside the studio when you have might you might have like more space and time. Um. Well, I think most of it. I think when I'm riding in a car and I'm playing a beat, sometimes it, it I get it I get it going like that. Or studio works works good too because it's not really hard hard for me to create. I haven't had um writer block in, in years like I can just create something like off out the drop of a dime and I'm a very good like freestyler also so I think the freestyle helps my writing uh, creativity come to life also mm. that's awesome and so thinking about what's next knowing that we probably have the next two months at least on lockdown with some serious social distancing happening. Um, what are your plans? Do you feel like you're going to be more productive with music um, and locking in more? Or do you feel like you're going to be more hindered with, with future, you know, making moves and getting up with producers? No, because it brings it back to the, uh, the social media and, you know, the push of a button. So it wouldn't be hard to reach out to producers of anything now is a better time to because guy's not moving around and you can reach out to a guy and he's probably he's probably in the house right now or you know you can send him he can sit in front of a computer you can send him send him a verse or two and you know a guy can get it done because you know all tours and everything is is stopped now nobody's doing shows you know nobody is active right now right yeah, that's that's the that's the beauty and, and the curse of it right now is a lot easier to get stuff done, but a lot harder to get get out there. Right, right. 
And so what, what, what should we expect next from you? Um, once, once flower city street Bible, um, you know, once you stop promoting that. Well, when I'm done with that and once this um, lockdown thing is over, I want to try to get back on the road and uh, get a tour going. But before, but directly after Flower City Street Bible, um, the people should expect Flower City Street Bible Chapter 2 to drop as well. I don't really have a date for it, but people can expect that soon. Um, 